Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Doing my first live mailbag show. Now, I'm going to start off by giving some updates on the injury report, what's going on there, because... We do have a bit of news, especially on the Cowboys front, pretty important. Tyron Smith for the Cowboys is officially out. Now, that's obviously a huge blow. Tyron Smith's a future Hall of Famer, uh, really good left tackle for them. But it does seem like the Cowboys are going to to have some reinforcements on the offensive line. It looks like Tyler Biotich, their center, is questionable. And uh, let's see what the status is on Zach Martin. Zach Martin also questionable. So neither of the interior offensive linemen played last week. So that's going to be another huge addition. Uh, I think there were a lot of things that went wrong for the Cowboys against the Cardinals. But those were two of the bigger factors, not having two future Hall of Famers on the offensive line present or their starting center. And now for the Patriots. City So is no longer in concussion protocol. Could provide some interior line depth with Cole Strange possibly not playing at all in this game. Um, it looks like Antonio Moffey's going to end up starting. So another week, another situation where the offensive line is going to be down a pretty big player. So we're looking at Trent Brown, uh, Antonio Moffey, left guard, center, David Andrews. He's been a rock for them. Right guard, Mike Nwenu. Seems like he's still kind of working his way back from injury a little bit. His how there's, you know, his play isn't as high of a level as we've expected. Uh, but he was a big part of the offensive line finally getting on track and being able to run the ball last week against the Jets. I'm still questioning whether they'll be able to replicate that success against the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys allowed the Cardinals to run for 200 yards last week on them, which is no small thing. But at the same time, I thought that was a weird schematic situation for the Cowboys. I noticed that a lot of the time they were in rush fronts on pretty early downs where you have like Micah Parsons blitzing from the inside. And I think that's something they can use against the Cowboys, kind of use that aggressiveness to their advantage. Um, But still, I think the first couple weeks of the season, the Cowboys did a better job of using more traditional fronts and stopping the run when they really needed to. So we'll see if that success can continue. And then next to Mike and Wendell at right guard, got Vidarian Lowe at right tackle. Now, I'm going to touch more on Lowe later, actually. That's going to be a question that comes up for us. But I think that he's one of the more promising prospects. I think he gave them a bit of continuity last week. Players felt comfortable with him in there. I think that's a positive. But I also felt like there was some up and down play. Maybe he bounces back and gets better, you know, now that he has another week of action. But we will see. So, uh, yep, those are the big updates on the injury report. Other than that, nothing really new or that we didn't already know before. Uh, we got Christian Barr more questionable with the knee. Uh, he popped up uh, earlier this week. Devon Gotchall with the ankle, which he suffered against the Jets. Jonathan Jones, we still don't know what's up with him for sure. He's questionable with an ankle that kept him out of last week's game. Also kept him out against Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. And then, as I mentioned, Cole Strange, his knee. He's probably not going to play in this one, according to what a lot of people are saying. One of the newer, actually, additions to the injury report was Sean Wade. Uh, with a shoulder injury. 
He's stepped up for them with Jonathan Jones being absent. Miles Bryant's played a lot more on the outside, although there was a lot of mixing and moving around last week against the Jets. So without further ado, once again, City So no longer on the injury report with a concussion he was dealing with for about three weeks. And uh, yeah, now we will dive into some questions. Amit, whatever you got first, pull it up. All right, so Finney underline N. Nice to see Jennings get back into the mix in week three. Do you see a regular role for him going forward? Do you have a health status projection on the Jones boys? There's a lot of LFL talent to not have on the field. Now, the Joneses, I don't personally have any injury updates on them. As I mentioned, Jonathan Jones missed the past two weeks. I know, obviously, against Tyreek Hill, he wasn't good enough to go. I do wonder if they kind of gave him a week off last week against the Jets just to get better on that ankle against a New York team that only had one real receiving threat that scared you and Garrett Wilson. Obviously, that worked out pretty well last week. Jack Jones has been saying on social media that he feels like he's ready to get back out there or is working hard to get back out there and thinks he'll be ready soon from what I've seen. So hopefully that's the case. I believe he'll be eligible to return in a couple of weeks. I don't believe next week. I think uh, week six is when he'll be eligible. And then Marcus Jones, of course. I don't know if it's going to be long-term injury reserve. I don't know if that's come out yet. I, I'm not sure if the team knows necessarily, but he's probably going to be out for the foreseeable future. And for Nee Jennings, though, I'm really excited about him. I do think that against teams where they do think the run is going to be a factor and Nobody has more carries this season than Tony Pollard. So I think that we could see Anthony Jennings again. He made a season debut last week against the Jets when the Patriots leaned very heavily on a traditional 3-4 defense. You usually don't see that out of New England. The closest thing that we really get is with Marte Mapu, where they use him as kind of a hybrid linebacker safety, where one down, you know, it could be Jabril Peppers and Kyle Duggar on the back end with Marte Mapu in the box to simulate true 3-4 because he's listed as a linebacker. But unlike what you see from any linebacker, even Jamie Collins, who played safety in college, but only ever played in the defensive front, Marte Mapu will also play center fielder. He'll play deep safety. He'll come down and buzz down from depth. Um, so really, he's more safety than anything else. But that's what they would typically do anytime they went against a base personnel grouping and kind of wanted to show a bit of a base look. But against the Jets, they used Anthony Jennings and Keon White as outside linebackers. Keon White seemed to be on over Matt Judon at times. And in that package, it really was having all those big bodies like you'd see, I don't want to say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago, but seeing a lot of big bodies to stop the run without so much respect for the tight ends or the quarterback in the passing game. So I do think this is a week we could see Jennings. Um, he had, I think, a top five graded uh, – performance by PFF standards for Patriots defenders throughout the season for a single performance. Uh, and he was what he usually is. He was a really great edge setter against the run. And he also gives you a bit of value when he's knifing into gaps. He showed he could loop and cause some disruption in the pocket during the preseason. So I'm pretty excited to see what he can do there. See some questions from the chat as well. Let's mix those in. Thank you all for tuning in, by the way. Hello. Hello. Um, Really hope we get to see more Mapu. Any chance we'll see him mirroring high-performing running backs like Pollard? So, traditionally, Jabril Peppers is the guy that they lean on when they want to cover running backs. Kyle Duggar is their primary tight end eraser. As we know, Adrian Phillips hasn't really been in the mix much because of Marte Mapu. Now, again, what his role has mostly been this season 
is countering base personnel groupings to give the defense a bit of flexibility on the back end so they can either be more formidable against the run or a lot of the time when Mapu's up there, they'll have Jabril Peppers or Kyle Duggar blitz off the edge when they get run looks to kind of help contain certain running backs. Uh, anybody else has some questions as well, feel free to fire away. Um, but I think Marte Mapu's role is really going to be pretty game plan, game plan specific um, when they face teams that use base personnel groupings but like to pass out of them instead of run. Uh, why aren't we seeing Mapu and White more? So, yeah, once again, Marte Mapu really used for certain personnel groupings. I think they're trying to make sure they don't overload the guy. Um, all their teammates have acknowledged that those guys have been taking on pretty big roles for young players. You don't want to put too much on their plate and have them put in a position where their head is spinning, although I do think all of those guys have done a good job adjusting. And then Keon White, I think that the only issue there is that, one, he is still a young player. He's still developing, although he's been crazy disruptive. His efficiency is pretty off the charts, kind of like a Josh Uche, where when he's out there, he's probably going to be making a play in the right situation. But he's also behind a lot of really good outside linebackers as well. You got Matt Judon, again, Anthony Jennings, what he did last week, although they were on the field mostly at the same time. Josh Uche, the team seems to be trying to use him more on early downs. Pretty mixed results, but obviously he's fantastic as a pass rusher. And then Dietrich Wise, he also plays on that defensive end role. Really, in a lot of game plans, Keon White has kind of been like a backup to Dietrich Wise, where they can line up inside against some run formations or sometimes exterior pass rushers. But in four down looks, a lot of the time you can see them outside of a tackle as a defensive end. So, yeah, pretty much to answer that question, they're both in loaded position groups and they're being used more in niche roles. But I think the roles that they're getting right now are pretty appropriate. And as they show that they can do that, I think we'll maybe see more of them as the season progresses. All right. What corresponding roster moves do you expect when Taekwon Thornton is activated? Carrying six receivers seems unlikely. I'd agree. Um, especially considering Kayshawn Booty has been a healthy scratch the past couple of weeks after he was able to basically simulate Devontae Parker when he wasn't a go for the season opener. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, I think Kayshawn Booty is really the most likely candidate to uh, – I'm not sure if they place him on, you know, get the Foxborough flu, place him on injured reserve. Um, I feel like you're right. Six receiver seems like a lot, especially considering he's not someone who's even been playing, even though he's in uh, – as far as we know, he's in healthy shape. So, either find a creative way to stash him or I think he maybe just plug a bottom of the roster guy. Um, I mean, right now they, I believe they have an open roster spot. Um, but yeah, I, I think they would probably try to get creative somehow uh, with Kayshawn Booty because he hasn't really been doing much in his action, but at the same time, he's not really a guy you want to cut and expose to waivers as they showed um, towards the end of the season. Cause they had to do a lot of moves to accommodate keeping him. All right. What else we got on it? Despite all the dumping on Mac, I would strongly argue that he has played better than the other team's quarterbacks in every game pass played this year. What is your take? Um, I don't know if he's really outplayed the guys across from him. Um, and also, they're just dealing with very different situations. I think Jalen Hurts had a pretty good game for the most part when he was here. Didn't really put the ball in harm's way. Made most of the throws he really needed to make. I thought the Patriots defense just was outstanding when they needed to. Um, and Tua Tagovailoa, he did have, I think the interception was pretty bad, but Mac also had a pretty rough interception in that game. Um, but he also, Tua, I know the throw that kind of jumps out in my mind was the one to Braxton Berrios, where Berrios 
runs what looks like a whip route and then takes it upfield on a wheel. And Tua Tagovailoa had to stand in against the blitz with a lot of heat around him and make a throw before he got walloped. So uh, then last week, yeah, he played much better than now. Yeah, no, he played much, much better than Zach Wilson. Um, if you watch the QB school, actually, JTO Sullivan over there did a really great breakdown that showed that while Mac had an up and down performance, as everybody saw, the deep passing game couldn't get going. They were 0 for 5 and uh, on passes of 20 or more air yards. Had to do with different factors, but, you know, shaky nonetheless. Uh, but JT did a really good job of showing that Mac actually was able to overcome the conditions in pretty impressive fashion. So, yes, against the Jets, I'd say he did outperform Zach Wilson. Uh, but I think he also just played two really talented quarterbacks who were on two really loaded offenses in the first couple weeks of the season. So, you know, I wouldn't go as far as to say he outplayed Tua and Jalen Hurts. But I do think that Mac, overall, I've said this, has been a net positive for the team. Struggled last week, um, you know, had the interception against Miami that was, I think, probably his worst individual play of the season and decision. But beyond that, his decision-making has been on point. His accuracy has been really good in the short to intermediate range. Just got to get the deep stuff fixed. Um, but, yeah, I, I I do think Mac's trajectory has been really good this season. Good God. Are we going to see a play-action-heavy play game? Will the Pats rely more on the run? I think it's going to be both. I think if the run is successful, then I think we're going to have an opportunity to see more of the play-action. Mac even acknowledged that. that their play-action numbers have kind of been skewed by the fact they haven't really been able to establish the run. And then what did we see last week? They get a massive touchdown to Farrell Brown because he's stuck behind a defense that just completely forgot that he existed, thanks in large part to the fact they were able to have success in the ground game. So I think the Patriots are going to try to run the ball. I think it's also significant that Farrell Brown went from averaging about seven snaps a game to last week he played almost uh, 30, played 25 total, and almost all of those were runs. So I, I think this is going to be a theme for them, and they're trying to find some kind of identity and the fact they had success with the run last week and with those heavy personnel groupings. It'll be something that we see again. But at the same time, I think the Cowboys are going to make it difficult. And if the Patriots make it obvious that they're trying to run the ball, especially from certain looks, then the Cowboys are going to try to make that harder and force them to pass, which is why if you go on clnsmedia.com, check out my written work. Uh, I actually did three keys for a scouting report on how to get to 500 against the Cowboys. And a big part of that, I thought, was taking advantage of a secondary that no longer has Trayvon Diggs. I really do think the passing game is still going to be key in this one, even if they are able to have success uh, on the ground game. So real quick, before I get to any more questions, got to pay the bills. So Amit, please and thank you. Throw it over to our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. I love that FanDuel jingle. It's really, really good. All right. Wally Pullman. Hey, Wally. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Colin Coward said about Mac in the developing story around his attitude? So if you follow me, I think you'll understand that I really don't like this drama stuff and the kind of brand of sensationalism that I think, you know, comments like what we said that were said on Colin Coward's show kind of start. I think it's irresponsible to say stuff like that publicly about somebody and not give any sources or any credibility or anything like that. Because if you're going to drop a bomb and say, oh, yeah, we're hearing bad things about this person. I don't see who that helps um, in terms of the whole situation around Mac. Um, you know, people are saying he's a dirty player. I think that it's a complicated situation. I think that he's clearly been putting himself in positions where multiple defenders are saying that he's doing things that are outside of the lines. Um, and whether Mac is doing them intentionally or not, if he's doing them intentionally, then, you know, especially given what the accusation was last week. That was a little weird uh, for sure. If it was true and whatnot. Um, but really, I think that if you are going outside of a certain line that players expect, you know, maybe cut that out. Absolutely. I don't think that you should be getting into the extracurriculars just the same way that I thought that CJ Mosley went outside the lines when he grabbed Mac by the throat and then threw him to the ground very intentionally. I think that was outside the lines and, that should have been flagged. And if Mac is doing these things intentionally, once again, then yeah, I think he's got to cut it out. But at the same time, I, I think that speaking ill of him without providing any context, like what we saw on uh, our Colin Coward show is just unnecessary. And uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's a weird situation. I, I don't waste a lot of sleep over it, but you know, that is what it is just to, <laughs> just to address that. All right. What else we got? Let's get back to football. Any Lyle Collins updates? No, um, I don't, but I would like to just address really quickly. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but Lyle Collins, his big issue is that he's got a back injury and that's huge for offensive linemen. That's a big part of your balance, your ability to brace yourself for impact. Like, you know, take it on a bull rush where your back is standing completely up and you're trying to balance yourself. There's a ton of ways that offensive line play could be act impacted by something as significant as a back injury. I think that is the case with Lyle Collins. So, you know, while I've heard from people who study and cover the Bengals that, you know, he's still a solid run blocker. I've also heard that there are also really significant issues tied to that. Um, I hope he's able to play and find some level of stability, but I just, you know, I wouldn't hold out hope necessarily that he's going to be walking through those doors anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it on that. What else we got? I still believe that Kendrick Bourne is our best offensive weapon. Why haven't we tried to use him in a Debo Samuel type way with play design? Um, the whole use a player like another player thing, I think a lot of that is just scheme. You know, the Bill O'Brien scheme isn't Kyle Shanahan's scheme. They just do different things. Like, you know, I one thing I have noticed personally, um, I would agree, is Kendrick Bourne is so good on those reverses. He's good on design touches. We haven't really seen those from Bill O'Brien's offense. You know, he doesn't really use a lot of, uh, jet sweeps, although he uses a lot of different motions and things like that. We haven't seen a ton of handoffs to guys like 
Demario Douglas or Kendrick Bourne so far. Um, so I would like to see more opportunities for Kendrick Bourne to get the ball in his hands. I think he's one of their best weapons after the catch. Um, and we really haven't seen them use in that role. Albeit the Patriots do include more RPOs and downfield pass designs. And I think people realize it's just Mac tends to hand off because he's getting too high looks against them. Uh, like they played Vic Fangio's Dolphins. They played the Jets who play a lot of cover one and man, but they also play a ton of quarters. That's really their bread and butter. Um, and then week one, they play the Eagles who also play a ton of zone coverages. So uh, I think that's part of it um, in terms of why we're not seeing Kendrick Bourne get a lot more screen opportunities and quick hitting opportunities and things like that. But at the same time, I think that Kendrick needs to step up in terms of being a downfield threat. Um, I've kind of been disappointed that there's been reps where we've seen so many times that he can make these incredible catches near the sideline, downfield, in traffic and all these things. And he had a couple of really good deep grabs or downfield grabs against the Cowboys, two for touch, or I'm sorry, against the Eagles, two for touchdowns. But then we saw against the uh, against the Dolphins, there were a couple missed opportunities, one on the sideline and another where he went on a double move and Mac actually threw him a catchable ball and he wasn't able to come down with it. Um, and then last week, it just looked like he and Mac either weren't on the same page or Mac just kind of threw it up because of a pass rusher. But those guys really need to get on the same page. I do think that Kendrick Bourne could be their most productive wide receiver, but it's going to take, I think, some improvement both on his end and on Max end and just a better connection in general for those guys to get on the same page. All right, what else we got? All right. If Bills lose and we win this weekend, that puts us both at 2-2. Two and two. Do you see a scenario where the Pats – could finish above the Bills in the division. So it's still early. You know, I don't think two and two means a whole lot necessarily. Um, that's tough. The Bills are a really good football team. They're a really good defense. Uh, obviously, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen can make a million mistakes. And I think that that, uh, that team is talented enough that it's not going to cost them in terms of getting beaten so badly that they really don't have a chance to come back. Like even against the Jets, that took – uh, return in overtime to put that one away when Josh was, you know, he bounced back, but really it looked like he was trying to give that one away. Uh, that said, I think the Pats have been inching closer to beating the Bills. I thought last year the offense just really didn't give them a chance in those games. But I thought the defense did a pretty good job against Josh Allen relative to what their recent history has been. Um, I think it would take a lot of dropped games for the Bills, honestly, because I think the Pats still have a few losses uh, coming down the pipeline, unless they really take some significant strides on offense. Their defense is always going to keep it close, but we haven't seen them finish against good teams. And, you know, until we see that happen, I think it's hard to pencil in the Patriots having as many wins as the Bills. Um, but I think it could help in their head-to-head matchups. And once again, I do think that the Patriots have been pretty close um, in those. And hopefully this is a year where they can finally take a step, especially with the defense having more talent than we've seen in a while, even with Devin McCourty no longer on the team. Uh, before we get to any more questions, going to pay the bills with one more ad. Amit, throw it away, brother. With the NFL season officially underway, it's been pretty tough finding time to cook for myself and my family, and even tougher making meals that both taste good and don't destroy my body. <laughs> Thankfully, our friends at Factor provide ready-to-eat meal kits that are not only chef-prepared, but also dietitian-approved and delivered straight to your door. I don't know about you, but I don't know any chefs or any dietitians, so this has been a huge help for me on a daily basis. 
These save me a ton of money. I don't have to go to the grocery store to get ingredients. And most importantly, they taste fantastic. Additionally, they save me a desperate trip to the nearest fast food place when I have completely forgotten to cook myself dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 and use code patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's code patsdaily50 at factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 to get 50% off. All right, so we're going to wrap it up with addressing some more of you on the chat. Thank you again, everybody, so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. First time I've done a live mailbag, and you guys have made it a lot of fun. Not a question. Oh, thank you so much, Batter, Bader. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that, but I really appreciate the love. Uh, how do you see the Dallas defense using Parsons out of the gate? That's a good question. Honestly, it's tough. I really am not sure. Um, just based on what they did last week, I think we could see him an inside linebacker kind of trying to set the tone and be aggressive up front. Um, I think when the Patriots are using a lot of their run looks, you're either going to see him on the edge or, like I said, in that kind of blitzing capacity. The pass rush, that's where I think it, things get more interesting. If I'm Dallas, I am going to put him up against Antonio Mafi and try to make the rookie's life a living hell. I also put him against Vidarian Lowe. Vidarian Lowe had some trouble against Bryce Huff who's a situational pass rusher for the Jets. He's a really electric guy, really good with his hands. And not only is Mike Parsons good with his hands, he's just such an intimidating athlete that, you know, Vidarian Lowe was solid. I'll kind of get into this a bit more. So what I noticed last week with Lowe was this, a lot of the times it seemed like defenders were able to anticipate when he was going to strike and able to get him off balance there. They were able to beat him late. Um, and that led to Matt getting hit a few times or at least some pretty, you know, late pressures uh, where I, I know that the numbers looked good because Mac wasn't sacking. He was hit three times, but I think the numbers were a bit deceiving there. So if I'm the Cowboys and I'm Dan Quinn, I'm putting Micah Parsons against your relative weak links. I don't mean to be rude, but that's just how it is. Uh, you know, I'm not putting up against Trent Brown very often because Trent Brown uh, had an outstanding performance last week and is generally very good at pass protection and pass blocking. So yeah, for Darian Lowe, Antonio Mafi. I'm testing those guys with my best athlete if I am Dan Quinn. What will it take for this team to play their game with more confidence? It seems like at times on both sides of the ball, they play like they just don't want to screw up. Um, I don't think that's true of the defense. I think the defense plays with a ton of confidence. We saw that with Matt Judon getting a safety to close it out against the Jets. <coughs> Even when, you know, the Jets were kind of getting a little bit of momentum, uh, we saw that the defense was still pretty fired up and they played with confidence. So I don't think that's an issue for them. Offensively, I think that the weather in a couple of those games really has impacted their efficiency overall. Um, and I'm not sure it shows lack of confidence. I think it's just the reality that they had to work with certain conditions. Um, but other than that, I think that execution is what breeds confidence. So if we see them, like I mentioned, how the downfield passing game, specifically the deep passing game, hasn't really been great for them. I think if they hit more of those shots, we're going to see a lot more confidence from this team because they won't have to put together these long drives to try to score. They'll actually just be able to hit some chunk plays and make it more like a 5-7 play drive than a 10-play drive or a 9-play drive or something like that where it just feels agonizingly long for them to get themselves in scoring position. So, again, execution is what will breed confidence. If they're able to do a better job in that department, I think we'll see a very confident version of the offense, hopefully with Kendrick Bourne doing some dancing, you know, showing some swagger. I love when he's having a good time out there. I feel like it's really infectious and brings a lot to the team. All right, wrap it up with this one. 
I wanted to get your thoughts on possibly trading for Jerry Judy with the Broncos falling apart. More on what he'd do with Juju seemingly not being able to make a difference. Yeah, Juju's situation is really weird. Um, heading into training camp, I thought that he could be like a chain mover, a guy who could get some yards after the catch. I think maybe I put too much stock in that because, to be fair, Juju was breaking tackles against teams that kind of struggle in that department. So I had to adjust my expectations a bit, especially once we got to training camp. You know, there was part of me that thought he could be a guy who lined up at X, caught some back shoulder fades because that's what he did with the Chiefs. But in training camp, he wasn't really being used that way. So I knocked down those expectations, especially because he wasn't getting a ton of targets in camp all the time and thought that he was just going to be a guy who beat zone for you, maybe uh, benefited from some pick plays. And we've seen that this season. We saw against the Eagles, <clears throat> he got a couple of targets against bunch formations where he was kind of helped open by scheme. And we also saw last week where Mac Jones tried to target him on some slot fades and wasn't able to connect. Again, I'm not sure how much had to do with weather. Some had to do with just good execution from the Jets. But I do think it's kind of disappointing that we haven't seen more from Juju. The team sounds confident in him. So maybe it's just a matter of they're doing it in practice and it's not translating to the game field. And that part of, of the, the process needs to take a step forward because they're seeing something we're not. Um, yeah, I think he needs to step up. And in terms of trading for Judy, I just don't know if the – I would be pretty thrilled by that notion. I think the Patriots do need help on offense just because it's been so hard. I was thinking this would be an offense full of reliable veterans who could all contribute in their individual roles. But Devontae Parker hasn't been the deep threat that you've expected through the first couple games of his season. Uh, Kendrick Bourne hasn't been very consistent. Demario Douglas, I think, could be somebody who brings this offense to another level. But they seem a bit hesitant to put him in a really big role. And then Ramondre Stevenson, you know, I know that he's been their pass catching back. But even going back to last year, on top of it being a big workload for him, which Zeke Elliott helps, I don't think he's a great pass catching back because he's not quite fluid like a James White or like a Danny Woodhead or like a Kevin Falk or any of the guys who succeeded that mold in the past. Also, Shane Vereen. I, you know, I, he's just a bigger back. It's not his fault. But I think that they would benefit from somebody in the pass catching back mold. And it just seems like they need somebody who could provide a little bit more of a spark. Uh, but at the same time, one, if you didn't see, apparently they're wearing shirts that say no one's coming. It's, you know, it's on us. So it doesn't sound like they're really the mark to be trading anyway. But um, I do think it's pretty significant that they could get Tyquan Thornton back. I think he gives you not the same route running ability, um, not the same type of athlete. I think Judy's more elusive and he's got uh, – bit more physicality at the catch point. Um, you know, he's obviously they were drafted in different categories. They're not the same player. Uh, but I do think Tyquan Thornton could give you a little bit more on play action, more on double moves. Some of the opportunities we've seen from Kendrick Bourne, I think we could see some production from Tyquan Thornton. So hopefully he can return to the offense and be a playmaker for them. Because once again, I think they really do need someone who provides more of a spark. But thank you all once again for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you, Kyle. That's my man. Uh, been a supporter from day one. I really appreciate it. Once again, thank you all so much for joining. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. I appreciate the questions that you said earlier. I appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you soon. Peace. Ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro? Enter Odds Are. They're not a sports book, but they're the sports betting advisor you've always needed. It's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your pocket. I've been absolutely loving the experience, and I think you will too, especially since Patriots Press Pass listeners get a 30-day free trial. 
elevate your game day and join the smart betting revolution. Go get it at oddsr.com slash press pass. That's oddsr.com slash press pass.